Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Comet number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the great Dranith Magistrate Elizabeth I always said, the past in flames cannot be fairly casted if you are playing it right. Pretty harrowing. Squee McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. <laughs> While hiking on the Valakut Trail, he took landfall a little too seriously. <laughs> Topical. Thank you for oh, tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. We're going to win it this year. I don't care what you say, Mr. Combo. Never give up hope. Hey, hey, what if... This year we shoot to be instead of number one, number five. Ooh, I like one it. One spot up. Then we could be a top five Magic the Gathering podcast. That's a lot better marketing. <laughs> I like it. It makes a lot of sense. Top, top, top five for people between the ages of twenty and twenty and a half <laughs> that live in the state of Missouri. <laughs> Target demo. We're gonna we're gonna start off the top of the cast, ladies and carnage that ensued with forty five connection. first combo breeze or maybe first combo breeze as better name the well we got the tuck twist the squeeze breeze and <laughs> what like combo cyclones too good too easy like the combo cataclysm <laughs> uh cataclysm's not the combo bad. cataclysm because like cataclysm only leaves you with one of each item and this happens so rarely what about that <laughs> ooh i like that it's combo's cataclysm because this last weekend, as a lot of the collective know on Twitter actually got engaged, and now I am with one partner. Oh, uh, I like it. Instead of the option for many partners. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, and, and it is funny because I did mention last week on NTG Action 4 News that uh, I was bringing out my cards because the Godfather was coming, friend of the cast, Denny was coming, and it was like, we're going to jam games because it's my engagement weekend. F all. <laughs> well, we didn't actually play any games. Uh, literally never opened my uh, container. I brought, you know, a good 12 decks out there, four play oh, mats. Ne never opened it once. But off topic, but kind of funny and magic related, there's a game called What's What the Meme. Oh, basically, yeah. you have memes and it's cards against you, hey, Andy. The Godfather hates that game <laughs> with a passion. So what he did to mess with my now fiance is he went in the box while he was at our house and she couldn't see, took all of the cards out that are the ones with the phrases and put in Magic the Gathering cards oh. and then put the memes on top and sealed it. <laughs> and then, you know, he put the cards in a Ziploc bag and put them in his bag. But my my fiance was a little tipsy uh, Saturday night after the engagement. And she was like, I want to play this. And the Godfather was like, sure, whatever. And uh, she goes to open it, takes out the cards. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> and she looked so sad and defeated. Oh, oh, it was great. Uh, yeah, I've seen that that drunken, that drunken, sad face before. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of heartbreaking almost. Almost, if I wasn't laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> Squee McGee, what games do you want to talk about? Uh, so I got a couple games in on Sunday while uh, while Mr. Combo was out on his cataclysm. Um, I was playing with Dan, Nathan, and then uh, Duff stepped in for the first game. But I want to talk about the second game because here we are, not even this very last week, ripping on Rampaging Baylos. This entire cast, if you've been listening to us since the beginning, it's been cut from every deck we've seen it in. Pretty much. It never works. It never wins games. It's horrible. It won a game so wow. hard this weekend for me that I have to talk about it. So uh, I was running... Lies. 
I was, oh, you know oh, this. So I was running Angry Omnom, and this is the second time I ever played it. Um, and then, let's see, if I was looking right, Dan was playing, looks like Crab and Regna, and then um, Nathan was playing Trostani. So we had a lot of tokens flying around. Turned a lot of life gain. I was really expecting at the beginning. Yeah, tons of life gain. Both of their decks were life gain decks. Hilariously, I ended up life gaining more than both of their decks by the end of it all. Um, so we were playing, and it was going for quite a while. I'll say we were probably on turn like. 10 12 something like that it was getting up there um they both had a lot of life i had a decent amount of life and i had a ton of lands and a ton of stuff out there uh dan wipes the board out so we're clean and clear and i'm at like i don't know 15 20 Mm -hmm. so i was like well this is bad because they're both at like 60 and 90 respectively each it's like oh man so i was like as dan did that i was about ready to scoop and just be like this is crap no way this is ever gonna work then i remembered so i had a rampaging bay loss in my hand I also had a scapeshift in my hand that I had just returned Ooh. to my hand from the graveyard, and I also had a shamanic revelation. So, oh god, with nothing on the board but lands, played rampaging Baylos, then scapeshifted for I think like twelve or fourteen something. Okay. Like that, oh god, if I remember right, and then ended up. Having, I had a ton of creatures on the board, ended up doing a shamanic revelation uh, right after that, drew 29 cards because I ended up getting a total of 29 creatures out the whole turn after land drops and playing lands and throwing them in the graveyard, right. binning them, fetch lands, all that stuff. Um, ended up with 29 creatures, drew 29 cards, gained almost 115 life Oof. and won the game off of one turn because, uh, oh, what is the card? Um, Nathan played it. And it was the last turn of the game because it was the card. If he has uh, X amount of life by the beginning of his upkeep, he wins. Oh, Thalder Sovereign. Yeah, yeah. So he played that. I had one turn to get everything done. Otherwise, it was over because Dan was knocked out. I knocked him out the turn before, and then squeaked it out with wow. rampaging Baylos. So there it is. Folks. I can't the one time it. rampaging <laughs> Baylos. It won a game in such the commanding. One, the fashion. one time it works, and I guess I guess when it works, it hey, works. Hey, big. you know what? You know what they say, even cats can be nice once in a while. Hey, you leave Mr. Bubs out of this. You do leave Mr. Bubs out of this. It was actually a great game, too, because nobody was even mad by the end of it. Everybody was like, holy hell. That just happened. That just happened. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about. Rampaging Baylos, put it in your decks. Take it out next week when you want to cut it. Give it a shot. All right. Well, Big Tuck, any games you want to talk about? Well, the... Reason being, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any games to talk about. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was kayaking all last weekend and drinking. However, because people were complaining about my last sound effects fiasco, I would like to present you another one of my ace impressions. This one is of an Imperial TIE fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, that's all, that's all, all right. I got. Hoping, hoping wow. to get some in this weekend. That's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse, what's the plane chase? Yes, and I'll be taking up this week because Mr. Combo was recovering from his weekend abroad, a.k.a. in Colorado. So, uh... 
Oh, I thought you were about to make a broad joke, and I was like, that's funny. No, that that work, funny. I don't work blue. Come on here. So uh, we thought that because <laughs> there was a record amount of products spoiled in a record amount of time, we would get together as a CMD Tower and talk about the new Zendikar Rising Commander decklist and the Commander product as a whole. So um, for those who don't know, this just came out, and we're going to break it down into four major sections. There's two of these. So we're going to do a brief overview of the product and our initial thoughts upon viewing them. Um, and then look at the new cards and our thoughts on the Naya deck, uh, the new cards and the thoughts on the Demir deck, and then the pros, cons, and improvements uh, that we might come up with. So just out of the gates, if you don't know, these are two new commander products that are coming out, and uh, they are very much supposed to be an on-ramp into commander. So they're going to be a little lower on the price. I think I've been hearing $20 a piece coming around. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they only have three new cards, uh, a slew of reprints, um, and not. And this is widely known, not quite as much value potentially as you'd see out of one of these commander decks. So they're tied in directly into the themes and mechanics that have come out of Zendikar Rising, uh, which, is, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool. And uh, I think they're going to be pretty widely available, pretty easy to pick up. So um, why don't we start? Uh, Mr. Combo, I know you probably have had the least amount of time to look into these, so I'll let you go first and get your thoughts on the, on the cast. So, general thoughts. Um, I'm lukewarm overall. We'll, we'll get deeper into it. Uh, I, I, I will say this. If it is $15 to $20, I actually think that they will have their mm -hmm. value, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be, oh, I paid $20 and get $100 worth of cards. I'm going to pay $20 and probably get... $20 right. worth of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, just even the Land's Wrath, Arcane Signets in there and Soul yep. Ring. That right there is like five bucks. Oh yeah, for sure. Six bucks. Um, so I, I think there, I think there is going to be some value. I think this could be maybe a better entry point because I think some of the issues in the past is the commander precons were developed for true beginners, people that were not deck builders, mm -hmm. but there was so much value and the decks were so great that all of us seasoned vets would buy mm -hmm. them out, jack up the price, and you could never get someone entry level into right. commander because it's like, oh, go buy this precon. Oh, well, how much is it? $70. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm not paying that. Or even nowadays, 40 bucks. Well, I don't want right. to pay that. Having something for $20, hey, you could, you could spare 20 bucks yeah. or you could even buy that as a white elephant gift for a friend. Yeah, right. um, so I do like the price point. I think this is a great product. I hope they have something like this every year, or even if they had something like this accompanying each uh, standard rotation set would actually be kind of mm -hmm. neat because you got to think from an R and D perspective, it takes a lot less thought if you're only doing three right, new cards to, right. and a whole yeah. slew of reprints. And from a money perspective, you could do weird crappy uh, mechanics like energy and make an energy mm -hmm. one if we ever go back hey, to Kaladesh. Use all the old energy cards, but then maybe make three <laughs> that make it somewhat lukewarm. So as a seasoned vet, I am lukewarm, but as a content creator and someone that wants to get more people playing magic, I'm very excited because the price point is exactly where sure. it needs to be. Squee, what do you what do you think about this on your initial viewing? Um, very similar to Mr. Combo for the most part. The only other thing that I would add to what, what you had to say was I think this is more targeted for the younger audience that they're trying to get into magic. So for, say, a parent that has a kid that's nine or ten years old that sees it, wants to start playing cards, but the parent doesn't want to go out and spend 40 bucks on a deck to see if the kid's going to like it or not. 
$20 is a lot easier for them to swallow. It's also a lot easier for a kid if they save up their allowance or mow a yard or two. Then they can go pick out a pre-con deck, play it a couple times. If they like the game, then you can start dumping a little more money into it, have a little more fun with it that way, put a little effort into it, buy some cards that mm-hmm. fit. Um, so I do think that this is good for the game itself. Um, yeah, it's not going to have a ton of value to it. The cards themselves are, you know, the new ones are okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think this is targeted more towards your younger audience, definitely your beginners, um, places where people may not know that they want to play magic, but they want to give it a shot. Um, and I know for me, especially if I walked into Target, Walmart, wherever I was going to go to buy my hypothetical kids first commander deck. Yeah, I'd probably sure. dump 20 bucks into it if I didn't play myself. Say, here's a deck uh, I bought. You can buy two of them, which is nice. So maybe you buy two of them. Then you have two that you can play. Yep. Um, so that way the parent can sit down and play with them or the kid could have another deck for their friend to come over and play with it. Something like that. Um, so I think it's a good thing for that. Um, and it just gets people used to some of these mechanics. So, sure. uh, yeah, I don't want to add too much more. So we'll, we'll definitely have more to get into here in a second. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both points. Um, these to me are just effectively the starter kit that they made a while ago where it was like a standard legal set sure. you could buy for $20 and like take yep. to your Friday night magic and at least have a chance. Really low point yep. of entry. Just looking through them, they all seem like we also talked about how the commander product has to has to be for both new and um returning players so one thing that can happen though is i know a lot of people for the first time they went out and just chose the morph deck pre-con and i literally told them that is not the right deck you want to play if you have no idea what's going (laughs) on like it's way too complex (laughs) which is great right and that's cool but these these seem like they're a lot more stripped down in terms of the complexity of what they're trying to do um they seem like they are very much like pick up and play without having to explain a ton of different rules and mechanics and all that stuff Uh, and we'll get into this probably a little bit later but the thing i like them the thing i've liked the most about them is that this is a good area to slot in some weird reprints that are kind of creepy up in price so Mm -hmm. every set might be a little bit much in my opinion but i do like that we are getting more commander products that are entry level where if someone wants to come and be like hey can i play i don't want to borrow a deck i just want to buy something okay great here's your 20 bucks bring it to the table that's that's jam it out so question to the comment you just made how you you're not sure if you want one with every set what if instead of doing two per set they just made one yeah hey here's the beginner do you think that'd be a better that way it wouldn't you wouldn't get 15 in a year or 16 a year it's like hey we're getting like four or five of these entry-level decks throughout the year and it's based around a mechanic that this particular plane really cares about would would that that make you more interested that more because again then you can also build then they then they can almost turn into like a dual decks collection where for $20 you can just buy one oh. so for $20 you buy one that just encapsulates that you know mm-hmm. that set or that whatever you want to call it you know those mechanics that come out of there right and then like eventually for me as someone who like has this hypothetical idea of these things but never actually ends up using them <laughs> it'd be cool to be like okay let's that's like do zendikar rising out of the box versus like whatever harry potter land is versus god help you dungeons and dragons and be able to kind of see <laughs> how they all match up there uh but i do ooh, think that's cool it's kind of like its of, own budget cube yeah right you can just have selected pre-made decks. and at the end of the year they can do a gift set 
set that has that year's yeah. in there, and that that helps them get like, out extra product all the, all that they have. Them. See, wizards, hire me, <laughs> but you can't afford me. Uh, so, anyways, let's hop into it. Um, the first deck is called Lance Wrath, as Mr. Combo alluded to, potentially off mic, depending on how the edits go. This is a Naya Lance Matter deck. Um, so, I will read the front card, which is Obun Moldaya Ancestor. So, colorless. Uh, red, green, white. Uh, it's a 3-3 legendary creature, Elf Spirit. At the beginning of combat on your turn, it's also a mythic, I think. Yeah, it's a mythic. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, up to up to one target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn, where X is uh, Ubun's power. It's still a land. Then landfall, when the land enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. So, um... Initial thoughts on it for me. I actually think this is pretty cool, to be honest with you. Uh, I hate Naya as a color because they they are all the same deck, uh, except for the no. That's for, not true. I got a I got a population. Oh, okay, everyone. Has, you, yes, that's also a precon as well. So I like the fact that they are at least trying to break the color barrier, at least, and arguably on both of these, um, you can feed in some plus one plus one counters. You can feed into lands matter. Um, some awakening cards are in here that sort of thing so for a deck that's $20 out of the box I think it's at least interesting concept with what they're trying to go I would say yeah I, th I think it's interesting I, I think it's almost exactly what we had just talked about where this is a good enough to be in a budget pre-con where it can be mildly competitive or at least keep up in a situation with right. three or four players at the table um I think it's a little bit limited just because you know it's target land and not mm -hmm. a lot of different lands or multiple ones um so it's kind of like a middle of the road angry Omnom to me. It's mm -hmm. like a, a, a mediocre Omnom, if you would go ooh, that, that far. Ooh, if we would, if, um, and uh, players rejoice, he actually is going to... Um, angry Omnom is in this deck as a reprint, which is much needed. Yeah. <gasps> what about what about the mono green Omnom? Uh, well, I heard through a podcast that that might be coming out in the Commander Spellbook or whatever it's called. <laughs> We're going crazy. But isn't that going to be $1,000? Uh, right? $2,000. Who knows? Yeah, so I would say I'm interested in it. I think it's perfectly fit for what they're trying to do with these decks. Boo! Oh, there's no it's crap. Combos. It's garbage. Boo. No, that's not that. It's his mechanic is sloppy and slow. It doesn't say, you know, uh, as, you know, up to X target lands where maybe X is his sure. power and X is their power. Just getting one land turned into a creature per turn is way too slow to do anything in Commander. Considering Commander, you're trying to kill three mm -hmm. other people. It also, the landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, the plus one, plus one counter target creature, the way that the commander is worded, you always want that to be on right. him. But once again, if I'm putting it all on him, but he's only making one land per turn, it's like, what's that really doing for me? So I, I think them trying to stretch into Naya with this effect is just not good. Um, I think they could have done better. Um, like I wow. said, I think if you wanted it to be tied to his power and you're trying to do this awaken type of mechanic, then it needs to be more of the X target lands become an XX elemental creature token with trample and has haste until end of turn where X is a mm -hmm. power. So if he's a three, you're making three, three, threes. That's not overpowered because they don't have, uh, well, they do have trample, but they don't have like an infect or flying or anything like that. So it's, and once again, people can combo block your lands and kill sure. them. It doesn't make them indestructible. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think they could have done something a little bit better for them. I'm not widely impressed, but I am white hot for Geo. Go ahead, yeah. That's going in my go sure. deck. 
Oh, yeah, God, read, 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 read it, read it out. Like, slam dunk. Uh, Geo-Ranger. Uh, four color with red. red. Uh, I think it's a creature it elemental. I it think is. it's a... Uh, rare. Uh, it's a 4-3. It's Crystalline Core refracts light into Ooh. chaos, which I would agree with because it has first strike and landfall. Whenever a land ETB is under your control, goad each creature target player controls. I want it for my oh, KT yeah, deck. Right. Goad me another so one. Because awesome. I play a land, and at the end of turn, I play another land. I just goaded two people. Can't call me not a goad deck. Yeah, anymore. true. It's bo- no, this, Dude, can you, this card's bonkers. Can you imagine this in Angry Omnom? This is going to be so much fun. I can pop like but three that, to five lands a turn on that deck. Well, so that's bad. You don't want to do that. Why? It, it's, not like, it's not like the goads stack, so they're goaded forever. It's just there's goad until your next turn. So if you play oh, six lands in a turn, everyone's goaded the right. same amount. It's just until well, your next you, turn. Yeah, you, so want you, that three, most- you go three people, then you do it again the next turn, then you do it again the next turn. Correct. And then nobody but can usually, but Angry Omnom works where you get out 17 lands in one turn or 10 lands in a turn, make a crap ton of elementals, and then you lightning bolt people if they board wipe. It's it's Angry Omnom. Maybe it's a little too slow. I, I think this goes. I think this goes great in Angry, in angry Omnom because it lets you control the pace of the oh. game a little bit longer. Absolutely. And sure. I think this this is going to go in literally every landfall deck or every land matters deck that runs red. Probably, Rockwind Grace. Yay. There's this beautiful land called Ghost Town, and for zero, its ability is on somebody else's turn, return that land to your hand. Every single turn, you return it to your hand, you play it, you go. Return so, it to your hand, play it, go. Return it to your hand, play it. But go. how are you playing it on other no, people's no, turn? The zero oh, goes back to your hand. Out. But you, you goad the most threatening person on the board, so you're guaranteed at least one goad. And then, you know, if uh. you're playing your land falls right, then you got a couple other cards that you could crack an involving wild. Squee, thing. you're stretching it too thin! I'm going to use it, and I'm going to kill you with it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, well, yeah, Geode Rager, uh, you can try. all those in, dis- <laughs> in the Discord, is a great card. We've been talking about it. It's making some waves, but there is one more, and it's a kitty cat. Uh, Mr. Squee, why don't you go ahead and read that off for us? I'll be happy to read out the cat beast. Uh, so it's Trove Warden, two colorless, two white. It's a uh, rare uh, cat beast with vigilance and landfall, naturally. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. When Trove Warden dies, put each permanent card exiled with it onto the battlefield under the control of that card's owner. It's a three, four. I'm less white hot mm-hmm. on this. It's really the only thing that I don't like is it's three or less. Yeah. Um, that That's really going to restrict uh, a lot of what you're going to be trying to do, especially in a lands matters deck where you're usually playing bigger spells that have a lot of stuff to do with lands. This one I'm less, less white hot on. I mean, it's not bad. Um, I do like the fact that they're at least diving in some graveyard recursion in, in Naya, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, so, I mean, it's it's fine. I, I don't think I'd take it out of the deck, but it's probably pretty high up on my cut list if I had something better that I could put in there. It's Sun Titan yeah. on a cat. Yeah, multiple, multiple cat. activations a turn Sun Titan pretty much. The only thing I don't like about yeah. it that sucks uh, is that it has to die. It's not like bounced or yeah, anything yeah. like that. So I, I think it's a really cool idea. I'm not sure how great it actually is. Like you don't really as in compared to Sun Titan, which we've talked previously about how we've been like realizing that card doesn't fit in all the decks that you think it does. Um, right. I think in this deck it's probably fine. They also included Sun Titan just to hammer the point home for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but overall, of the cards that have been of the cards that are new, this is one of the ones that is least interesting to me. Yeah, I think this would probably go in your casual character yes, deck. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Sure. 
Great, great point. Um, perfect. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for Land's Wrath, unless anyone has any other comments. So let's move on to the second one, Sneak Attack. So I'm going to read the commander on this one as well. We're talking uh, a new Anawan. Been a long time since we've seen a new version of him. Actually, it's the first time. Uh, the Ruin Thief. So two colorless and Demir. That's blue-black for a 2-4 legendary creature. Vampire Rogue. Because they couldn't think of anything else. Whoa, whoa, the deck's called Sneak Attack, and it doesn't have red, so yeah, you can have Sneak bl Attack? Blasphemy. Okay, read it off before we all panic about the Yes, yeah, so other rogues you control get plus one, plus one, and then whenever one or more rogues you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. Um, I actually like this a lot. This is a deck I'm kind of considering buying. Uh, I am also because it does three things that Big Tux likes. Uh, one, it's a obscure tribe, so <laughs> I'm on board with that. Two, and on top of that, I opened I think two jumpstart things of just rogues, so I got them all in black. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it also deals with Mill in a bizarre way, and which I love. And then third and best, it it's breaking the color pie insofar as this is a Demir deck that actually wants to attack and actually you get benefit out of attacking. There's not a ton that are like that in this sense at least um, where it's more tribal build. So I'm actually, I think this is really cool. If I can find one for $20, I might just buy one just for the holes. Um, but yeah, so I, I really like the design of this. I think it's really interesting and fun. Um, and I'm just very, very happy that they didn't do one of these with the stupid party mechanic, which is the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with you. I am actually pretty hot on this card too. I've been looking for a Demir deck to build for, I don't know, a month or so now and haven't really landed on anything that I love. Um, also, for my personal situation, my Marik deck is like a weird half-sub mill theme mm. on it, which doesn't really make sense. So I'll probably end up just swapping all the cool mill cards from there, buy this guy as the commander, mash all that up together with some of the decent blue counter spells, things like that, some of the fun black cards that I drew out. Um, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I always wanted mill to be more viable. I'm glad that there's another mill option sure. out there. I'm also glad he's only you know a four mana costed commander right. so it's not horribly overpowered or sorry horribly overcosted and i'm also just absolutely thrilled that they put whenever one or more rogues Rogue. you control deal combat damage instead of vampire mm -hmm. because that would have sucked get um, it sucked vampires <laughs> <laughs> oh that was not on purpose but i'll take the credit um so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I may buy it also. If Tuck makes one, then I guess we'll just have to duel for who made it better. I already have two Demir decks, so go nuts. <laughs> Mr. Co Mr. Combo, let's hear it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> this is, I suspect uh, so here's the thing. It's actually, it's, this is a lot more interesting mm -hmm. than the Naya deck for sure. Um, but you guys have said this word mill like a billion times. This is not a good mill commander. It's not even an option for a mill commander because there's no, by the time you deal 80 damage to each player, you've killed right. them, which 80 damage is what it's going to take for them so to think, mill. So this is not a mill. I, I think that this deck, I agree with you, this is not a mill dedicated deck, but we've talked mm -hmm. about multiple decks in the past that have like mill as a sub theme. This is like the perfect mm -hmm. mill sub theme deck. Absolutely. It, it, it's a weird thing because you have to deal the yeah. combat damage to a player. If, if it said whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage, mm -hmm. 
then the controlling player or whatever would do the mill, then I think that'd be fine because traditionally rogues aren't very right. big. Uh, they're very small. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I think this is definitely a way underpowered commander. I don't think you're going to see any Anawan the Ruined Thiefs in like a seven or eight power level pod. I think it's going to be a constant five sure. or less because I'm even going through like the rogues that you have options. Of. Oh, they're limited. It's an obscure tribe for sure. They're bad. Didn't they just spoil um, a new blue card that's a two costed card, a two costed sorcery that mills half of every player's deck? Oh, yeah, that's true. Deck? No, <laughs> it, it, it mills half of one player's you deck to, I yeah, if you kick and then it's each, it's I don't think each it's opponent, it's each opponent I think if you it's kick each it. opponent, yeah. Each opponent, it's, it's the it's, better version of the five each opponent mills eight, or if you kick it, it's each opponent mills half. It's yeah. incredible. But what's the kicker cost? Three colors and a blue. So it's like, it's the same cost as traumatized, except everyone has to do it. Right. Yeah, instead of one target. It's bonkers. Okay, once again, we're talking one card in, in, in all the decks. I'm just saying, cool your jets on this even being a mill sub-theme. Really, what this is, is it's disguised as mill, but it's doing the exact same thing that Demir always wants to do, play with graveyards. Because sure. if you go through the deck list, like the card that I'm going to talk about, Whisper Steel yeah, Dagger, two colorless black, artifact equipment, equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. Oh. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may cast a creature spell from that player's graveyard this turn. You may spend mana as though or many, uh, mana of any color to cast the spell equipped for three. So this is really, it's kind of, it's, it's tricking people into sure. thinking it's mill. It's really just, I want to do maybe five to 10 cards out of each person's library throughout the game, but I want to reuse some of the resources you guys are putting in the graveyards to then finally kill you through a combat damage or some other rigmarole. Um, I would definitely run Anawan the Ruined Thief in my Jiruta deck, sure, yeah. which is the six costed partner mm -hmm. that kind of cares about the graveyard and milling. Right. I think he'd be great in the 99 for that. I'm just not sure about a pilot. Yeah, I like Whisper Steel. Yeah, Whisper Steel that was cool. That card's super It's cool. a cool card. Repeatable. Um, I'm pretty white hot on that. Um, I do. I do think you're correct. Yeah, it's not going to be a hundred percent mill deck, but I do think it has enough support to have a pretty heavy mill theme, where it's going to want affect a lot of people. They're not going to get a lot of the cards that they're used to having in their deck. You can play stuff from their graveyards, and if you draw a slew of good mill cards that you would probably want to slot into this deck, like maybe a uh, Altar of the Brood. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's you know, slam dunk. Some, something like that could could make this deck a little bit more viable. So then you always have something good to pull from their graveyard with Whisper Steel. And you may or may not have the chance to mill out one or two players that game, which is always a wonderful feeling yes. for you and a terrible feeling for them. Um, so I'll read off the third card yeah, that we had here. It's Enigma Thief. Five colorless, two blue. It's a creature sphinx rogue. It's a rare. Uh, it has prowl for three colorless and a blue. You may cast a spell for its prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a sphinx or rogue. Uh, flying, and then when Enigma Thief enters the battlefield for each opponent, return up to one target non-land permanent that player controls to its owner's hand. It's a 5-5. Five five. Um, still pretty cool. Uh, obviously, you're going to be swinging in with rogues and I suppose sphinxes here uh, to get combat damage if you want to use that prowl cost. A 5-5 five, five flyer for 7 is a bit overcosted right. for what it does, so I think uh, <laughs> kind of like... So the, this is perfect for big touch. I was going to uh, say, this then. is a slam dunk in sphinxes because it's actually going to cost... If you have Unesh out, it'll cost 2 because the prowl cost will be reducted by 2. Yeah, there you go. So That'd two, awesome. so two. Uh, so if you two can run that five, two, absolutely. Two for a five-five flyer that bounces an on land for each opponent <laughs> seems pretty good. 
Other than that one, this one I actually don't quite understand why it's in this deck nearly as much as the other two that they really... Like, yeah. Returning stuff to people's hands doesn't really fit the theme of what they're trying to do here. Yeah, and... I other than get rid of blockers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine, but, you know, you you can't use its prowl cost unless you already dealt the combat. Yeah, so I will say in these colors, this is going to target troublesome artifacts, enchantments, and planeswalkers more than creatures, because these two colors outside of blue oh, I guess it is have a great way yeah. of dealing with that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm big on Nimith, Enigma Thief, Mr. Combo. Thoughts? Anything, anything on top of what we already uh, yeah, talked about? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I... I th- yeah, um, once again, trash card. Of course. Uh, no, I think it's fine for a Sphinx Tribal deck. I think for this Rogue deck, it's it's, you're, it's almost like they needed to figure out, okay, we got to create something right. new for this. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about a 7-drop five, 5-5 five Rogue? Right, right, right. Or no, sorry, Sphinx. Well, it has to fit the theme. Yeah, throw, throw a Rogue in there, too. <laughs> Give it Prowl. <laughs> um, genius. Nailed it. Jennifer, your promotion. They also, for some uh, reason, so, in the spoiled picture, it doesn't have the little foil dot at the bottom where all the other rares and Oh, yeah, that's weird. It's black oh, that's funny. Because it, it's yeah, a fake exactly. part. Yeah, they're it's just fake like, they're like, this, this whole thing's fake. It's, it's just coming out with two $20 CDH decks. <laughs> they're all so, yeah, I mean, the only, only other deck that I could maybe see this in is like a uh, Brago or a rune <laughs> like deck where you, it, yeah. it's blue and you're constantly bouncing and flickering mm-hmm. and this is just another way to have a lockdown on the board. That's sure. about the only place you're ever going to see this card played. Uh, but I think for this pre-con, sometimes you just right. need a big beater in the air. Yes, seven for a 5-5 five is overcosted, but you're getting a $20 deck, so uh, you can exactly. get everything. Yep. So I think that'll kind of go into the last bits, like pros, cons, kind of final thoughts on this thing. Uh, I will go first. So I think one thing that we've talked a lot about this and the reason why I like this is because this is like stripped down commander, right? And I think like if you pit these against other decks that are stronger, sure, they're going to probably lose just because that's how it goes, right? But again, if we think about these as like coming out every year, it'd be nice to have like a selection of decks that are in that five to six range and may not be able to get out of it very easily so i like that idea a lot um i i actually like the naya one a lot i actually like the demir one a lot i like the idea of both of these but i understand they're not gonna like i like them both from a conception of like these decks look like they would be really fun to play but that to me is more important than like are these decks gonna win consistently um, the rogue tribal getting some support there is exciting um now naya deck that does something different these are kind of more in my alley of like battle cruising, kind of more simpler stripped down decks, if you will. <laughs> Those are lies. <laughs> that is not what you enjoy. Uh, Big Tech likes facade. winning at all costs with all politics involved. And he loves doing I all do the, like politics. the politics. Yes. Trick everyone. So anyway, so that's that's my kind of thought on them. For again, I think in the in the view of something that's the first time they're doing these, a twenty dollar product and an intro to the format. I think they do all of those very well. I think if they put out. Because I honestly, the best card that I think in the, in this whole thing is that Whisper Steel deck. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. If they put out one of these decks for each set each year, so maybe we get five or six of these, and they put out a pretty cool card that'll probably sit in the three to five dollar range if people catch mm-hmm. on with it. That has a new you know a new mechanic or new equipment or something like that. I think if they keep up that trend where they have a mediocre to pretty good commander, one or two really cool cards that come out that aren't going to be overly expensive. You know, after a couple, because obviously you can get the deck for 20 bucks. It's not going to fly way up in highest price. 
But I think if they come out with one or two cool cards and a decent commander four or five times a year, five or six times a year, uh, targeting new players, I still think it'll gain some traction with some of the the you know mid level or more seasoned players as well. Yeah, uh, I think I've pretty, pretty much made my thoughts clear on it, and I and I think that's to the point. This product is not right. for me. Right. Um. I I, I and it's not that every deck I build has to win, but I want every deck I build to have the opportunity mm. to win. And I believe with these commanders, and I would love for the collective to prove me wrong and challenge me on a 40 life at a dash once you've tuned it up a little bit because oh, you can't do it out of the box. Oh, but I, I would love to be proven wrong that these commanders could be upgraded to actually be good. Not CEDH, sure. right. just good commanders Six, that seven, can hold their own at a table. Half, something like that. Be because the traditional precons that we talked about in the beginning of the cast can sometimes hold their yeah, own right, at a table box. with somewhat sure. tuned decks. Um, and Tuck, you made the great astute point to a lot of people wanted that morph deck and they were telling you that and you're like, oh, you're a beginner. What are you doing? Right. You're an idiot. It's going to be way too complicated. These are not complicated. They are a battle cruiser. It is getting back to the soul of what Commander is. It's just Commander's evolved. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no longer uh, Nickelodeon and watching Ren and Stimpy. It's now Hulu binging Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely not with the times, but that's okay. I get the audience they're going for. But to Squeeze point, I do think if they add in a couple cards each of these things that are like attract maybe the more mm -hmm. legacy type commander players i would like that yeah. uh granted i'm gonna buy the singles which doesn't help right. wizards <laughs> but hey that'll help yeah. uh, lgs is like level one game shop uh with a little bit of business well hey i think that kind of wraps up our thoughts on the new uh the new zendikar commander product hopefully we'll see some things like this down the down the road and that'll wrap up what's the plane chase now in that last segment squeed dives into those creative juices with the weather label. Back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee, so it's a uh, unprecedented thing. We're going mono-red two weeks in Whoa. a row. Here we go. So I was uh, organizing. I have now gotten to the point where I've got most of the expensive cards out of the box of gold. Now I'm organizing by set and color and all that, and it's a process. But uh, I found this gem in the binder that passed over my keen eye the first Ooh. three or four times through that box. Lightning uh, bolt. Didn't really realize it's like five or six bucks. Um, so it is Marton Stromgald. And that is M-A-R-T-O-N-S-T-R-O-M-G-A-L-D for those playing the home game. It's from oh God, You spelled it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think anybody was going to get that one. So uh, it is a mono red oh, legend right. from Ice Age. It is two colorless, two red. Uh, I don't know what it's been eradicated to as far as what kind of legends, but. Oh, uh, uh, that's a human knight. A human knight. All right, wonderful. So it reads If Marton Stromgold attacks, all other attacking creatures get plus star plus star, I guess is what they were using back then. So we'll just call it plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is equal to the number of other attacking creatures. If Martel no, blocks, that's good. all other blocking creatures get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is equal to the number of other blocking creatures. And it's a 1-1. One, one. So this guy is... What twenty five decks? I think on EDH. Yeah. Trek? and it's Total? and it's a piece yeah. of magic That'd history. So that's exciting too. It's on the reserve list. Well, you know, I wouldn't do you dirty with any of those garbage reprints. Oh damn that! So suck on that <laughs> reprints. Yeah, I was really excited about this. I was going through the red binder of those old cards, and this guy was sitting in the back, and it was just kind of a single. I think he was just. I just didn't pay attention right. to it the first couple of times through that binder, and like once I actually read the text of this card, 
for what mono red is pretty good at, which is putting out small tokens, small creatures, you know, burn spells, stuff like that. I think this is a really solid option for it. Um, so let's dive into some of the cards that I think will make this work. So the first one I wanted to talk about is Till and Ollie's. <laughs> I think I'm going to spell this for the collective. Y'all get back to me yeah, on the Discord on what it is. Till and Ollie's. It's a yeah, it's Tilonali's Summoner. Tilonali's oh. Summoner. Uh, so one yeah. colorless and a red. Creature, human, shaman. It's a rare. Uh, has a send. So if you have 10 permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. Uh, whenever Tilonali's Summoner attacks, you may pay X and a red. If you do, create X11 red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. At the beginning of the next end step, exile those tokens unless you have the city's blessing. So, even if you don't have the City's Blessing, yeah. this card's still a win-win. Because you're going to get a bunch of creatures out there. It's going to beef your commander up, which is then going to beef up all your other creatures that are attacking. I love oh. that they come in tapped and attacking. So, you're always adding fuel to the fire. And ideally, if you're doing this deck right, you're going to have your commander. You'll probably have an enchantment or two. You'll probably have three or five tokens out there. If you can tap this for an X of five, you're going to get the City's Blessing the first time you use right, it. Right, right, right. And then you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the game. So I think this is a huge card to fuel the fire, to get things swinging in for a large amount of damage. And it's 50 cents. So the, the biggest thing that you have to be conscious of, because I actually play this card, mm -hmm. I don't play it with this dude, which I need to, uh, you have to stack your triggers right. So you have to resolve Tilani, Tilonali Summoner <laughs> first, then once those creatures are out, then resolve uh, Marton Stromgold. Uh -huh. uh, it's like Antonio Banderas. Uh, you have to resolve him last because if you resolve him first, the Tilana Summoner Elementals will not actually get the pluses okay, that you. he would actually give you. Because um, there's some cool cards that you could pair with it, um, and it's actually one of the number one cards on EDH Rec. And I know you're not talking about it, Mana oh, Echoes. Yeah. Oh no. no, that's kind of you know yeah, a lot of people are like ooh. Let, let me try to do it this rigmarole route so I can get a bunch of mana and then kind of pour it into things. And it's like, it doesn't actually work that way. So it's something to just keep yep. in mind of. Mm -hmm. In Paper Magic, it's pretty simple unless you play against some real tryhards that are stack-focused. But if you play on MTG <laughs> Online, that could literally destroy yeah. you in a game if you it stack it wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was, I was very excited about that card. I never really paid attention to it before I'd heard of it, but never found a good place to put it. Um, so the next one I wanted to talk about, uh, we're getting into the enchantment realm here. It is Goblin Slide. Some of my favorite artwork <laughs> in all of Magic. Goblin Slide is one word for those playing the home game. Uh, two colorless and a red. It's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay one. If you do, put a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield. Pretty simple. It's a three-drop enchantment. Anytime, I'm probably going to run a fair amount of burn spells right. in this deck and other stuff to just supplementally do damage. Um, you know, anything along those lines, things to beef up your creatures, add in, dump in, maybe you have some sorceries to dump in some tokens, stuff like that. This will give you an extra pip or two. Um, so this is pretty meat and potatoes for this right. deck, but I think you're going to need some meat and potatoes for this deck just to get things up and running. Cause people see, you know, if they see you put a, a Tilanali summoner out and they see the rig rigmarole you're doing, they're probably going to get rid of that pretty yeah. quick. Um, so you're going to need other things that are just going to keep pooping out little guys that you can keep attacking with. Um, I can't imagine this is more than 30 to 50 cents. 17 on the nose. That's how we and do. It's a, but yeah, I, I was just curious on your guys' thoughts here. It's, it's again, really meat and yeah. potatoes. Classic. Seen this played a lot. Uh, the part I like about it the most, it's the furry little goblin boys as opposed to the ugly little <laughs> goblin boys. Look like little gremlins. So goblin slide has yep. a lot of utility. Um, just got to make sure that you're not... It's, you gotta make sure you're not running like 35 creatures, this, and then like six other spells, or else you're really right. not getting the value out of it. 
Yeah, you build it right there. And then it also has some very relevant flavor text. Goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty pretty good there, wizards. Uh, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that yeah. flavor text. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they really nailed the sub-theme there. So, uh, third card I wanted to talk about is Rekindling Phoenix. So, two colorless, two red. Creature Phoenix, it's a mythic. Uh, has flying and then when rekindling phoenix dies create a zero one red elemental creature token with at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice this creature and return target card named rekindling phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield it gains haste until end of turn it's a four three flyer my thought process is here when it dies you're still getting an elemental that's going to help your commander pip right. when this is on the field it is a big beater with your commander doubled with it it's a flyer it's going to get around it's going to do a lot of damage and i think having some flying creatures to pair with this is really going to help um and then it's really unless they pat the exile it or something like that this is a really hard card to get rid of yeah it's going to keep coming back phoenix tribal baby it's it's, (laughs) hopefully it's someday a thing yes and i will say this card when it came out was like 20 or 30 dollars and now it's 250 Mm -hmm. so great time to scoop one up if this is something that you've been eyeballing yeah, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that's because it was like wrecked and yeah, it was like, it was like oh, it. Um, And I, I would say at this point, though, it, it is something to pick up if you do want to build Phoenix Tribal. I don't think you need to oh, jump no. on it because yeah, yeah. it's been out. It's been out long enough that Modern yeah, isn't right, playing right, right, it. Right. Legacy and Vintage yeah. are playing this it. This is no spec now, card think, here, everybody. Yeah, I think though, if they did come out with a Phoenix themed EDH deck, it may go up mm-hmm. to ten. Yeah. But no way no it'll go chance. back up to yeah. 20. No. No, I, I for sure. I'll, I think it's cool, man. I like it. I want to have have a decent flying package in here just so you have some other evasion right. or some cool stuff like that. Um, okay, so last card I wanted to talk about is Legion, Loyalist. So it is one red creature, goblin soldier. It's a rare. Uh, has haste. It's a 1-1. One, one. And then it has a battalion. Whenever Legion, Loyalist, and at least two other creatures attack, which should be ideally every turn, uh, creatures you control <laughs> gain first strike and trample until end of turn and can't be blocked by creature tokens this Oof. turn. This card is awesome yeah. in here. First strike, huge, because you're going to have big creatures with first strike, so none of them are probably going to die if anybody blocks. Trample, even bigger. Trample, as we've discussed in the past, is not always the easiest thing to give to a go-wide board. A lot of times it's a one-drop kind of sorcery or you know a single-effect type of thing. This is going to give you this every single turn. And then the only downside that I can typically see to a card like this is if you're running it in a different kind of deck, it's a 1-1. So when it attacks, people would target block it, kill it, then you get one shot. But with your commander going out there, ideally, this is going to be a 6-6, 7-7, 8-8, something in that range. Probably not going to die. The only downside is it says other creatures. But I think this card's really badass. I like it a lot. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, with it being a 1-1. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that he, even even if you're like, okay, I'm going to sweep with my commander every single time because that's how the deck works. Mm-hmm. I feel like the loyalist, since you can't recast it from the command zone, right. you're probably saving it for when you have six, seven, eight creatures kind of attacking, oh, sure. and then that way he gets plus seven, plus eight. I, I think anything below six toughness, he runs the risk of, oh, I'll throw... You know, three two two zombies right. in front of it, mm-hmm. and now I'm but done. But you can't because they're not cre- they're creature tokens. So that is that ah, is good. Uh, okay. I know this card because this was a tiny leaders all star back in the day. Um, but I there was one card that this deck desperately needs because your commander doesn't have any evasion, nor does he actually get pumped mm-hmm. by his own ability. So what do we need? Right. The Scooty Shuffles, little hot soup, baby. Slap it on that commander, make, <laughs> oh him, un- make him unblockable, and just get in the zone. 
Oh, man. I actually got a better one for you, Tuck. Bring a it. card you guys should all add to this deck now that we've gone through squeeze ads. It's a card that a lot of people like, but I just want Jasper. you to hear me out. Helm of the Host. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah great so card. the cool great thing card. with Helm of the Host, and I won't read through everything, but the biggest thing is it's an equipment. You can attach it to your commander. Beginning of combat, you make a non-legendary copy of your commander, and it has haste. So like Big Tuck pointed out, Marton doesn't give himself the plus, mm -hmm. but if there's another oh. Marton out there, they give themselves yeah, the me, plus. Me, me, me and like then it. that way, basically, you just, your guys will right. never die. Hashtag um, just, And then you, the next combat, you get another Marton, and then each Marton gets two Marton triggers. A Marton, and it's just Marton, it's Marton, Marton madness. Marton. It's Marton madness on here. Yeah, that's a great ad. Funny story around that. So while I was looking through the, the decks and the card list that I wanted to add into this today after I found that card, in the Discord, the goad was talking about Stuffy Doll and Helmet oh. Host and really pissing off Mr. Combo. So I did see that card <laughs> and absolutely wanted to put it in here, but you know it's a little yeah, expensive for my budget on, on what we talk about. But uh, this deck, I would almost say I'm 100% going to build it because I already have the sure. character and I have absolute pile i mean stacks hundreds of goblins at my house now um so <laughs> we can figure out you'll sort it out uh, but other than that that's all i had on it i'm pretty excited about it and i'll kick it back to the action for news desk with mr combo and big tuck thank you for staying with us and as always remember the great giveaways from cmd tower and level one game shop by retweeting subscribing following liking sharing and placing orders through level one game shop you can also support your news team by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, with four tiers for all the budgets. There is a way that you, the collective, can help buy me socks. I'm not wearing any. I'd like some socks. Okay, noted. You can also buy some sweet CMD Tower swag at cmdtower.com slash merch. We got the coins. We got the tokens. Uh, maybe even in the future, some pre-built decks Ooh. that you guys can buy from us. Maybe some weatherlight reports. Yeah! You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with your news team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Sweet, at Big Talk Tweeting. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.